Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! here with you on a Friday morning. Great weekend. Looking forward to it. Going to be, uh, you know, next week, SEC Media Days. We're going to talk about who MSU is sending uh, to the Media Days and what we can hope to learn from those guys and what we can hope to learn at Media Days, to be totally honest with you. So we'll sort of preview that. And But, of course, we got a box score today as well. We're going to get MSU Kansas State from a statistical standpoint. Before we do any of that, though, we want to thank you guys for listening. We always appreciate it. We always appreciate you guys coming on board with us, however you're listening. I saw some of you guys, you, you, you reached out to me and gave me the answer to some of the, uh, you know, how you're listening to our podcast, and I do appreciate that, much as we appreciate you guys listening. And, of course, our great servicemen and women across the world. We appreciate our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee House, Oob Joel T., did you get a different one? Did your your friend hook you up again today, or what do we nah, got? Nah, we're blueberry today. We're back to back. I to thought base. I caught a whiff of that. So. Yeah, they had a the the thing I didn't try today. They, Jamaican me crazy. That was the name of the other coffee on drip today. Maybe it's good stuff. I don't know. I just I didn't venture out today. I stayed in my comfort zone. Went with blueberry. You can never go wrong with blueberry. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Actually, you don't agree with that because you don't like coffee. I don't. I like blueberry though. I like blueberry flavored things. Okay, blueberry pie, blueberry cobbler. Actual blueberry cobbler, blueberry ice cream, blueberry cheesecake, blueberry ice cream, which you might can get on the other side. You probably can. Of some I, kind. I think I think they, they I know they used to have like a like a with the homemade blue with homemade blueberries. We like <laughs> hand picked blueberries in there, so that's that's something to check out for sure. Uh, did you see what I did today? By the way, do you see the, the the thing on Twitter that I talked about? I, I ate wings for science today. <laughs> Anything that you can do to. Have a reason to eat wings. I'm, I'm going to do don't it. need much of a reason. I don't but think, it was for but. science. So it was interesting. I, I ate six wings. And uh, I had to differentiate, like, which one of these is different. And uh, I did that. The, the second batch, they were hot. <laughs> like, they came through the little chute, and I was like, oh. <laughs> you could smell like that. Where, where were you at? What was the perp- where was this at? It was at the James Garrison Sensory Lab. On campus in the Herzer building over there by Dairy Science. How'd you earn that job? Well, I, my wife, my lovely wife, was kind enough to tweet at me that this that she saw MSU had tweeted, "Hey, where we need volunteers." So I signed up and I went and I got to eat some wings. Not a bad job. Yeah, my my bottom lip is still a little numb, just a little tingle still happening, and it's been well over an hour, and I've had two ice cream cones trying to. to, to to quench the flames there, and uh, it's not really working for me. So yeah, there are, there's a little uh, little sting in, left in that though. Like they, they just came out, and I was like, oh god. And I took the first bite, I was like, well, that's hot. And then I had to eat two more that were basically the same thing. And then there was just like one of them had like a little hint of difference, and that was it. But they were all stupid hot. <laughs> Excuse me. Still getting to you. Oh yeah. I mean, dude, coming out of there, like my nose was running, my mouth was tingly. I was like, oh, that's brutal. Ah, uh, but it was fun, I, and I, I would do it again. All right, we got a good show today. Let's get into it. MSU versus Kansas State. You and I, we talked a little bit about that media clinic on uh, on Wednesday, and we got to see some film from last year's game against Kansas State. And when you go back and watch that game, you see a team in Mississippi State absolutely dominant on the line of scrimmage, both sides. Um that was a game where, I mean, I remember it very clearly. Kansas State really could not do anything offensively with Jeff Simmons and Montez Sweat. So let's start with that side of the ball because that's where you're lacking. Kansas State's going to be a very, very much a straight-ahead, run-it football team this year, even more so a little bit than last year. 
Is this a game, you know, is this the first opportunity for MSU's defensive tackles to either step up and be counted or if if they're not what you expect, it could be a problem for Mississippi State? Yeah, I, I don't really, you know, know exactly what Louisiana Lafayette or Southern Miss will bring to the table, but it certainly seems like in front of the home crowd, um, a, a team that does like to run the football, it certainly seems like this is going to be the first big-time opportunity, you know, against a Power 5 opponent to – for, for whether it's you know Kendall Jones or Lee Autry or whoever it is for some for those guys to start kind of making a name for themselves and say hey Simmons isn't here anymore but we got this thing on lock you know it really does seem like an opportunity for for that to happen I, I really do quite frankly I don't think I don't expect them to be Jeffrey Simmons I don't think anybody does but I'm probably one of the few that thinks state's gonna be okay inside I don't I'm not saying they're gonna be great I'm not saying they're gonna be perfect but I and Jeff Simmons is absolutely a loss, but I just I think between the mixture of what State has in the second level at linebacker and thing, I think that that they're going to be okay there. So uh, this is their first opportunity to show that and to maybe prove Joel right. Maybe I have some unfounded fate there for whatever reason, but um, just from hearing the guys talk and hearing Bob Shute talk since spring and things, I just I sense a level of confidence there that even though Jeff's gone, they feel like they're going to be okay there so here is that first opportunity like you said the first big chance to kind of prove that for sure and so we'll, we'll see we'll see how it, how it turns out and of course i'm sure we'll talk about this in a second too offensively i'm, I'm interested to see how things turn out differently or the same there because kylan hill ran wild and nick fitzgerald didn't exactly have his best day in manhattan kansas last year but state still rolled thanks in large part to kylan so i'm interested to see that side too Defensively, for me, what helps Mississippi State is athletically they're just going to be superior to Kansas State. They're just going to be better athletes up front, so they should still be okay. I mean, it may not be the same dominant performance. They may be able to put some points on the board. They may be able to run the ball a little bit more effectively. But at the end of the day, especially from a pass rush standpoint, when or, or maybe not in terms of pass rush, but in terms of pursuit, in terms of coming off the end and being able to, to run plays down from the backside, especially when you've got linebackers like Lewis, Gay, and Thompson who are going to be able to fill some gaps. You know, I, I feel pretty confident in, in MSU's ability to stop the Kansas State running game. Uh, and then, like you said, on the other side of the ball, I think that's just going to be a repeat performance of a season ago. One thing Moore had told, told us yesterday that you know I'm, I'm interested to find out the, the, how that's going to work is the best-case scenario in his offense is 10 to, 10 to 12 QB runs per, per game. And obviously last year it was closer to 20. So if that's the case, and in this game, you know, Stevens is around 10, that, that probably gives Kylan Hill 22 to 25 carries. And if that's going to be the case, you know, he has an opportunity, I think, because I think MSU's offensive line is going to be bigger, stronger, faster than the Kansas State defensive line. He's going to have another opportunity for a big, big day. Yeah, yeah. And last year, I mean – you know, had, had more than a quarter of his season rushing yardage total in this game, right? Yeah, because he had 700 yards or so, maybe a little more than that total, and yeah. he had, what, 200 and something in this game. So, yeah, so yeah he had over a Could quarter. Could have easily broken Nick, Nick Fitzgerald's uh, rushing record had he just gotten some more carries in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's one of those deals. I know it's a year later, but you, you know, don't try to fix what's not broken. And so I think that you have to just try and see – the success that Kylan Hill can have. I mean, they couldn't stop it last year. Make them make them stop him this year before you try anything different. I I, I think that just makes logical sense. Um, I think Kylan Hill's going to have big days against a lot of people, though, this year. Health, you know, being the key factor there, as long as he's healthy. Um, 
the more you hear, the more it sounds like the state's offense is going to go a little bit more through the running backs. Um, I think going into last year, we kind of heard some of the same stuff, though, and it ended up not happening. So it's one yeah. of those believe it when you see it kind of things. But I here again, I, Kylan showed last year, this was his game last year that really put him on the map as one of the elite backs in this league. Mm-hmm. And it may be the game this year where he kind of – solidifies that status as the elite back in this league. We'll, we'll see. But when you, when you think about Kylan Hill statistically through these three games, he should be sitting at close to 500 yards at this point. Yeah. Three games in now. I mean, that, that sets him up, you know, with nine games remaining to be easily over, you know, 1,300 yards. Now, it's going to slow down because he's not going to have these huge games against Alabama and probably not against LSU, maybe not against Auburn because they're going to be very good defensively. If he does that, let's say he's north of 500 yards after this game. Mm-hmm. Say he's what got five touchdowns or so okay. after three. Is he on the outskirts of Heisman nah, talk there? No, nah. I mean, for, for like I said, it's, it's going to slow down. But I know top, it's going to well, slow down. On top of that, but, no, because I mean, he hasn't really beaten anybody. It's not like he had 150 yards and three touchdowns against Clemson or something, you know. So I, I don't think so. I mean, yeah. for a running back now to win the Heisman, they'd have to put up stupid numbers. Yeah, so he, I, he would. He would need to be at like 750 yards or yeah. something like that. I mean, don't misunderstand me. I'm not calling for Colin Hill to win the Heisman. No, but no, no. I was just wondering, you know, if he's if he does in these first three games, what you think he might do? If, yeah. If he's got those numbers after three games, could come talk to me after the Auburn game, and if he's sitting at like 800 yards, maybe then, because then you're talking about you know five games in, and then you got what seven to go. Yeah. You could probably get to 14, yeah. 1,500 yards, and if you can probably get to like 15 to 20 touchdowns. Yeah. And I'm not but even, it'd have to be something ridiculous. And I'm not even throwing in there either what he may, you know, accumulate receiving-wise. Yeah. Now, to- Kylan Hill, there's no, there's, no, there's no dark horse. I know that there was one person who once told us there's no such thing as a dark horse, but there is no dark horse Heisman candidate yeah. on this team. There's nothing like that for sure. Uh, but, but Hill should be, you know, able to do that. And then last year, if you go back and watch the Kansas State game, you know, Fitzgerald just missed on some passes. There were some opportunities there for him. Um, and then there were some drops, as they always were. So the two things we've talked about in previous positional breakdowns, if, if Stevens can elevate that position, if the wide receivers can elevate that position, this has the potential to be a very big offensive game against a, a defense that just simply isn't, you know, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not an SEC superiorist by any uh, stretch of the imagination, but this team is just not up to the same level as Mississippi State should be. Yeah, and, and this will be, obviously, again, health being the asterisk here but this will be a state's third game you know of the year with this offense hopefully by this time starting to click in game three you remember last year this was the second game of the season correct and so it was nick's first start of the year because he missed the first game obviously against stone cold stephen f austin and he he, i don't get that reference (laughs) still got you blocked still bitter yeah um but no this was the you know last year they were still trying to figure things out. Nick comes in and it was a new offense and it was his first game yeah. and he had Gidry trying to you know figure things out with his new quarterback and you had a lot of first time deal going on in the, in the first game here. This is going to be you know Tommy Stevens' third start. It's going to be the should offense's be, yeah. third chance and opportunity to wheels get should be moving in the you, right you, direction. You would think so by the so. Um, yeah, it's a it's an opportunity really for this offense to shine against a power five opponent and start building momentum because the next week, of course, SEC play will be will be here uh, after that. So, when you think about this this game in particular, this is an important game for Mississippi State. This is definitely a seasonal swing game for them. You know, a win you're and you're three. You should be three and zero. You're going to get to bowl eligibility, and 
at the end of the day, that is the that's the bare floor minimum. Six and six in a bowl game, you know, you're 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 at least in the bowl game. You at least have to keep the streak alive. And it, I, I, nothing bothers me more. Than, well, there are a lot of things that bother me more. But one thing that bothers me is well, it's just so easy to make a bowl game. Well, then why hasn't everybody done it? I, mean, I get that Ole Miss couldn't have done it because you know they had uh, the the NCAA stuff, right? But they couldn't have gone last year anyway because they were five and seven. Yeah, you know if it's so well, easy. State went at five and seven, but. But they went to a bowl, yeah. and they had the APR thing. Ole Miss doesn't have that. Yep. If it's just so easy, why doesn't everybody do it? You know, Florida's bowl streak is not – it's at one. You know, uh, South Carolina's is, I think, at three. Uh, Tennessee hasn't been to a bowl in, what, three, four years. So it's, it's, not, it's, it's not as easy as you make it out to be. And so, this, you know, this is a big game, uh, for me anyway. And I think, you know, like I said, this is a game It's going to be decided on the ground both ways. That State's ability to run, Kansas State's inability to run. Because Kansas State, if you thought they were one-dimensional before, the, the new coach coming in, Chris Kleeman, from North Dakota State, he is, I mean, it's almost like an old school, it's not quite the wishbone, but it's like a, do you remember when Donardo ran the eye bone? He ran like an eye formation, but he had three, three backs in it. Yeah. And, okay. and, and ran like a triple option out of that. It's sort of similar to that. They, they run a lot of, of, Option, 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 and if if states you know speed and athleticism is superior, they should be able to snuff that kind of stuff out, and that's gonna that's gonna make for a very long day for a team that's going to be very one dimensional. Then on the other side, I think states should have you know the, the, the again the the edge in athleticism. I could see state putting up you know close to five hundred yards total offense in this game if it goes the way it should. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, you were talking about that and defending whatever K State runs out there offensively and things too, but. Harkening back to yesterday and, and the, the chalk talk with Joe Moorhead and things, it gives you a new perspective, too, on when you face unique offensive styles and things like that. Just the, you know, that he, he passed around a little book that, that kind of had just, like, menus and things of, of what other teams ran. I think Arkansas was, like, the example that was Don't given. Don't talk too much about that now. Well, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't give any specifics anyway. But, um, but just to see all that. And, and to know that these guys have to cram all that. Both both sides of the football. Offense has to look at K-State's defense, and, and, of course, State's defense has to look at K-State's offense. They have to cram all that in their brains over the span of just a, two or three days mm-hmm. to master that. Yeah, That's really amazing yeah. when you think about it. Yeah. Like, uh, you, you really start to understand why some teams had a crap ton of trouble you know, playing like Georgia Tech when you had to defend that triple option and, and you only had a, a week to get ready for it. And nobody else was really like that kind of thing. Uh, I don't know. That, going back to yesterday, it just really gives you a new perspective on, on, on getting ready to see maybe some unique stuff that maybe K-State runs out there with a new coach. and uh, So, yeah, all, all that will bear watching too. Um, but but I, I'm with you, man. I, I just State's just better here, both sides of the ball, better athletes. Um what do we always say too? Whenever you're you're talking about games, you know who, who where's the game played at? It's in Starkville, right? So uh, that 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 factors in too. But I, I really feel like at the end of the day here, we're 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 talking about a uh, three or four score win. I think now you know if it gets here and it's not, then you can tell me I'm a dummy. And you'll be right. You can tell me I'm a dummy. I, I'm right. I, I would never tell you that. Uh, but but yeah, I feel like this this should at the end of the day be a three or four score state win. I think. Yeah. And that then that sets you up for the Kentucky game. And like like we said, you know, a few a few weeks ago, talking about the, the, the way this season began, sort of similar to 2014. You have these three non conference games that you should win. Uh, you've, you've gone on the road to play at Louisiana Lafayette, although it's not a true true road game. 
you've got Southern and then you've got uh, this Kansas State team. You know, it's it's a little bit beefier to be honest with you than what it was when you were playing USM when they were not they were as far down as they were ever going to be. And then what was it, South Alabama and, and UAB. So yeah, this is this is a good test for MSU. Sort of a I feel sort of like a preseason, like I said. And then you go into Kentucky next week, and that's you know it's a revenge game, you know, and that that's. There are revenge games, and then there's what happened to state last year at Kentucky. They have to be embarrassed by it. Not only the way they they played, but the way they everything that happened around that game, all of the talk, uh, the penalties, you know, the pre the pregame dust up. Just a lot went on in that game yeah. that, that MSU is going to want to put right yeah. this year. And, and that was the obviously because you lost, but I mean that was the when the shine wore off of Joe Moorhead. You know, yeah. I mean that that was, was the. And that was, you know, that the next week because the next game was the Florida game, and he was like, "All right, well, if he wins that, he can get everybody back." And then he didn't. Yeah. And we've sort of been playing this game with him ever it's since. Been kind of catch up, which he had kind of caught up. And then, like we said the other day, that bowl game against Iowa, I think, kind of brought back some some bad juju or whatever. And and kind of on the recruiting trail, though, he's kind of he's kind of got that needle going back upwards again, like we said the other day. Um, but here, you know, you start the season three and zero here, and then if if you beat Kentucky the following week, all of a sudden Joe Moorhead's flying high again at Mississippi State. You know, and, and I know a lot of that depends upon what his offense is doing. Is Tommy Stevens clicking? Is is everything going the way that you hope that it would? But you know, if you win this game and then you beat Kentucky and you're four and zero, then I mean, I think everybody is fully back on the Joe Moorhead, maybe cautiously, but everybody's back on the Joe Moorhead bandwagon at that point. I agree. I agree. We'll see if it happens. We'll talk more about that game, obviously, next week. All right. Uh, speaking of, you know, next week. Next week is SEC Media Days. I will be in Hoover the whole week, as will Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be there every day. We're going to interview as many players and coaches, including uh, talk to uh, some MSU spokesmen today. We've got everything lined up. All of the players and Joe Moorhead that are coming. Let me change that. Joe Moorhead and all of the players that are coming. That did not work phonetically uh, for me, grammatically. Uh, we'll, we'll be on the air with us. Uh, three players are coming. I think we could have all predicted two of them, Daryl Williams and, and Errol Thompson. They are the team captains this year. Williams, you know, what, a three-year starter, now moving to center. Thompson, arguably the best player on this defense. The third guy is Farad Green, and I can't wait to talk to him for a couple of reasons. First off, I just found out that you guys have finally won You've been saying that I hate Farad Green for years for whatever reason. Bob Carskadden made that rumor up, and now he's blocked me on Twitter. So Joel and I have something in common now. I've been blocked by Farad Green on Twitter, and I have no idea why I'm blocked by Farad Green on Twitter because, quite frankly, I don't know that I've ever said anything negatively about Farad Green, but maybe he just maybe he hates the Braves. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, it might, it I don't might know. be it. And the Giants. Uh, of course, then he could just not follow me, and then he yeah, wouldn't have to see it. So I, I'm, I'm confused. Farad, that's the other thing, like, People who that block you that, that you're not following them and they're not following you, like what's the point? Yeah, like I did, I wasn't seeing his tweets anyway. Yeah, but anyway, regardless of that, um, I've had some state but, fans block me before because I reported arrests. Ah, uh, that's that's on you because you're which a I did terrible not, person. I did not follow them anyway. All you had to do was unfollow me. I don't get it. But yeah, hey, if that's if that's your cup of tea, have it, it. It is what it is. I don't. But care. that said, are you surprised that Farad Green is going? Yeah, I guess so. But uh, you think about it, you can't really send a quarterback because if right. you send Tommy Stevens, that's like saying he's won the job. Well, you, yeah, whoever you send is the, the it's the red flag, right? Yeah, you can't send a quarterback. Uh, I guess you could send Kylan Hill, but look, I, I like Kylan. I, I you know he's a beast on the field. Um, 
and, and this is not a, a knock on him. He he always anytime I've ever requested Kylan Hill, he comes. You know, yeah. he he talks to us, but in a media setting, he isn't the most talkative guy. No, he's know? not. Uh, that, you know, that's not a knock on him. That's just his personality. I bet by this time next year, when he, if he's here for his senior year, he will be that guy. Though. Maybe he'll, he'll be. He, he's just going to continue because we talk about Fitzgerald all the time and how painful it was to talk to him at the beginning of his career. And by the end of it, we were just up there, you know, just talking with him. Well, some some guys blossom like that, and others. I mean, Ares Williams didn't. Yeah, well, Ares Williams he, didn't come talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By, by the end, he didn't. But yeah. uh, he never really got any more talkative at any point during his, during his MSU tenure. Some guys just you know for whatever reason don't don't talk to the media well. And and, we'll and that's not saying that they're they're that's not saying that they're bad people or what for it. They're just in that setting that's not, not it's not their cup of tea and that's okay. The, I, I wonder I wonder a little bit if the previous coaching regime <laughs> let's be honest and Dan Mullen got better at this by the end of his regime. But you know, there was a, a his regime, like his he was regime. a dictator. Uh, the the middle Him portion of that, out there. the middle portion of that, Dan wasn't exactly the most media friendly guy, right? And, and granted, I didn't cover some of his tenure because I didn't get on the beat till towards you know till fifteen. Um, but he he wasn't always the most jovial guy when it came to dealing with us, and I I, I think that maybe some of that, you know, remember the Titans' attitude reflect leadership, Captain, but. I feel like sometimes maybe his players didn't like us so much either, um, and, and there was a little bit of, you know, not want to say disdain, but a little bit of cautiousness when dealing with us kind of thing. I kind of wonder if some of the Mullen holdovers didn't have a little bit of a hatred for us. <laughs> not hatred, hatred's but, not the right word. Yeah. Um, just you know, kind of, kind of some closed off distrust from us. Maybe so, but but anyway, Joe is not like that at all. Joe was very open with us by the fact that he had a chalk talk deal with us. I wonder if eventually through the years, if that means that the players will be a little bit more open to us. I, I, I don't know, but but anyway, Colin is a guy that is not with the media very open. I'll say. Here's the main reason I'm surprised Farad Green is going. Is this the year then? We're bringing a tight end. A tight end is coming? Are we going to throw to the tight end? Is that that's what this question I want to ask? Like, is Mississippi State going to throw to the tight end now? Why are we bringing a guy who, if you said Brian predict Farad Green's catches this year, fifteen, maybe? You know, I, I I'm just surprised that he's coming. If you were going to bring a pass catcher, maybe Gidry, Dedrick Thomas. You know, I'm I'm just you know this is a this is a to me what this says to me is that Farad Green is obviously well respected by his by his peers yeah and then he's a leader in the locker room so they're going to bring him over there but like I, I don't know like farad green's not a player that i have high on the radar to have a big season well here's your here's the the question here this is usually a thing that state always is an honor that state gives to usually juniors and seniors yeah most times seniors but yeah can be juniors or seniors i don't really remember when's the last time a sophomore went so i, I don't I have to think i don't know i, I, I don't know that I mean, maybe there's somebody standing out that I can't think of, but it's been a while, if, if at all. So my question is, if Farad doesn't go, who do you send? I mean, I mean, off the top of my head, like I said, you can't send a quarterback. And I, I'm a big believer, by the way, that if you know who your starting quarterback is, he's going. You know, oh, that, I agree with that. that the that, quarterback goes, you know, if you know. Yeah, a lot of people are giving Ole Miss some grief about Matt Corral going. And say what you want about Matt Corral. You can think what you want about him, but he's their starting quarterback. Yeah. So he should go. Absolutely. Um. So I mean, who do you send? That's a good question. Like I said, Dedrick Thomas would be an interesting one for me, or, or Stephen Gedry, because I want to I want to talk to a receiver. To be honest with you, um, 
You got one offensive lineman. I mean, Chauncey Rivers, who's a good interview, might be worth talking to. Cam Dantzler. I thought Dantzler would be the one to go, to be totally honest with you, uh, because he's probably your most decorated guy, a guy that, you know, pre. The two guys you're sending, Daryl Williams and Earl Thompson, have a good chance to be first team All SEC preseason, or at least second team. And so does Dantzler, whereas Green doesn't. So, you know, opportunity, you know, hey, the three guys we sent, here's all, they're all on these teams now. So I don't know. I don't know who I would have sent. This is a, like, this is part of the reason that we've been talking about this being a transition year for so long, even before Joel joined the podcast, was because, you know, you know, Fitzgerald's gone and, and Aris Williams was gone and, Simmons and Sweat and then all these guys. There, are gone. There's no obvious face yeah. of the team. It's sort of like 16, and I'm not saying the state's going to go five and seven because I don't think they're going to fall apart defensively the way they did in 16. But in 16, they sent like Fred Ross, Richie Brown, and I think it was AJ Jefferson. I think it was the third guy. I, I don't remember. I think that's right. But you know, and those guys were sort of obvious. But there was just you know, Fitzgerald was just coming in as the quarterback. You know, you weren't going to send Brandon Holloway or Ashton Shumpert as your top running back at that point. You weren't going to you know. Nobody, they didn't have any real stars. You know, that's just what this team doesn't have right now is a star. The closest thing they have are Thompson, Dantzler, maybe Willie Gay to a less extent, lesser extent. He's he's big here. He's not, by the way, not transferring to Ole Miss. Just want everybody to know that. I, I know there's some talk about that, but that's from stupid people. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, it really is a, a situation where you know. Maybe you just send, like you said, a guy who's a leader. I'm interested to talk to Farad because it's not a guy we talk to a lot because, you know, I, I tend to make my interview requests of, of what who did what in the game. And Farad hasn't done a lot in games this year. So, you know, I'm... Well, no one's done a lot in games this year. You know what I mean, last year. <laughs> so for me, you know, I mean, I'm interested to find out, like, hey, is the tight end position, is there going to be a bigger role this year? Because if it is, you know, that that's a good thing. You know, because I've been, it's been, we've been talking about it for a decade it seems. It seems like since Malcolm Johnson left, oh, this is the year they're really going to put the tight ends to, to use. It's, it's spanned two different coaches at this point. So We'll see. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to those guys. I'm looking forward to talking to everybody over at SEC Media Days. It should be a, uh, a lot of fun. I, I'm not a Media Days hater. I will not be that person. I'm not a Media Days hater, but for like print purposes... It's not a great you expand, event. Expand your, your content. Well, I, I, the thing is, though... video up there, man. I, you're right on that end, but I'm just saying, like, from a writer's perspective, it's a lot more beneficial for me than Mississippi State on Campus Media Day. When oh, yeah. I can, when uh, I can get whoever, and I don't have a throng of, like, 60 national guys trying to ask their stuff. And I'm excited it's just for more Moorhead this year because the questions won't be, how's the food? Yeah. Gotten used to the heat yet? You know, there won't be all that dumb crap. Well, I, I don't use much of the main room stuff anyway. I, I, I'll I, don't, use, I don't go in the main room. Yeah, well, that's right. Internet. You're not in there. But we'll, Radio we'll, internet, baby. We'll have, we'll have our little, you know, go to some hotel room and talk to Joe for 10 or 15 minutes before he ever takes a main stage. And that's where most of our yeah, stuff, or we'll most little, of my stuff will come we'll from. get a little bit so. of that. So. It'll be fun. All right. Tell you who you want to talk to at SEC Media Days, at least on air, Joel T. It's my last show with you for a couple weeks. That's right. Joel is out for uh, the next two weeks. I'll do some shows from over in Hoover. And then I'll be on vacation as, as well. So we will so. be, and then we, you know, we get, that's our last chance to gird our loins up for battle. And then football. What did they say? First practice is August second, or camp what, opens August second. We were told yesterday, and, and, that, so, and, and, and that Mississippi media State, day is the ninth. I think he said the tenth. The tenth. So yeah, that that would be a Saturday. So yeah, that's right. August tenth will be MSU media day for us on campus. So yeah, I mean it's it's coming, man. We're we're officially under a month of everything really getting going 
uh, football-wise at Mississippi State. You guys have a great weekend. And Joel, or, sorry, no, Joel and I will be back with you on Monday because we'll do a podcast on uh, Sunday. So you're not off. You're not off the hook just yet. We can do a pod on Sunday before I leave for That's Hoover. right. I didn't think about that. So, so we'll, we'll be back We'll talk on time. Monday, and then, uh, then Joel T's out for a while. I'll talk to Joel over at SEC Media Days, though. We'll see each other. We'll figure it out. You just won't. You guys won't hear from me, which maybe not. We might. We might figure something out. Maybe we'll, so. We'll see. All right. Have a great weekend, guys. Talk to you again soon. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.